If you're a fan of the new wave of British heavy metal movement that helped spawn thousands of metal bands in the 70s and 80s, bands like Maiden, Def Leppard, Venom, and Motorhead, just to name a few, then you're going to love the music of my next guest. Founded in Sweden in the early 2000s, Enforcer quickly made a buzz worldwide with their traditional sounding metal, which seemed to pay homage to the bands of the past. But with five amazing studio albums and one epic live album under their belt, Enforcer has risen well beyond strictly paying respect to a long-forgotten era. They've successfully become pioneers of a new wave of traditional heavy metal. And I couldn't be happier to have the founding member, guitarist, and vocalist on my show today. This is episode 9 of the Burn Music Show. And in this episode, we're going to dive deep into the life of Olaf Wikstrand. We'll discuss some... We'll discuss everything from growing up and discovering music in Sweden to the formation and growth of his band and learn about what drives him the most as an artist. We'll also discover some exciting news on potential releases that could be on the horizon for his band Enforcer. This is the Burn Music Show. I'm your host, Dimitri. Let's go. Honored to have with me today, all the way from Sweden, Olaf Wikstrand, frontman and guitar player for the band Enforcer. Olaf, greetings, my friend. Hello there. How's everything going back home? How are you handling the corona pandemic back in Sweden? We're doing pretty fine over here, actually. We don't really have any lockdown or any forced quarantine or stuff like that. We just, uh, yeah, so I'm... I'm the only thing in, in how, it, how it affects me is that I am having a little bit less work. We had a tour that we had to cancel through Europe. and uh, But apart from that, we'll um, all survive. Yeah, Sweden had an interesting approach, right? It's, like, it's different from most of the Nordic countries, Europe and the Western world. Um, your government basically refused to shut down its economy during this pandemic. And like you mentioned, I see pictures of people walking the streets, cafes, the restaurants are open, even some movie theaters, I believe. And it'll be a great story if the approach that you guys take is successful. Because around the world, everywhere else, lockdown and quarantine orders have crippled our economies. How yeah. are businesses and people holding up right now? I think we're doing pretty fine, actually. I, I'm no like expert in these uh, in these uh, questions, but uh, like I think that you just have to get through it, no matter how. I mean, if you lock down your countries, it's you, you, you're gonna get it sooner or later. A certain percentage of your of your uh, population are gonna get it like sooner or later. And I think that our approach is, is pretty good because we, we get it over with somehow. Yeah, yeah. It's, I think they refer to it as like the herd immunity where um, yeah. you, know, you isolate the vulnerable and then everybody else yeah. builds up an immunity. Yeah, so, uh, well, I'm, I'm extremely grateful for that approach. I've been able to go out to practice like, uh, like working out like I normally do and uh, all that kind of thing. So it's been, uh, it's been basically like a vacation for me since everything else is shut down. Yeah, so your daily routine hasn't been too often. As a band, are you guys able to get in contact with each other? Rehearsal, writing, what's going on? Um, well, uh, we have our drummer living in the United States, so we're not really rehearsing um, much. I think that he's in a much more controlled quarantine situation. But uh, since we had to, uh, since we had to uh, cancel the tour, we had uh, we've been focusing on some other things. Uh, we've been like 
we've been uh, working hard on a special product that we're hoping to get out as soon as possible with some live materials, some B-sides, some some videos, some uh, some uh, uh, some some like picture related things, um, and that, that's that's uh, that's what we've been working on, as well as some new songs. Nice, like kickstart the next phase a little bit. Yeah, are the um, are the new songs going to be on the release of the the uh, live material and the B sides? No, that's for later. Um, that's for later. Yeah, since we can't really we can't really meet and we can't really play at the moment, so uh, we're just building the riff bank, I guess. But we're pretty yeah. great with song material, song ideas coming up. So uh, yeah, we'll see what happens with that. Just, A year ago, you guys released. I mean, such an epic album, Zenith. Um, I think it's one of the best albums of 2019. Thanks. And yeah, we'll get into that in a little bit. But yeah, like you mentioned, you were, you were coming off a very successful fall co-headlining tour in the United States with Warbringer. You followed that with a European tour with, I believe, Municipal Waste and Toxic Holocaust. Yeah. And you guys were fully booked. Um, I mean, now, May, what you're supposed to be on tour, full summer tour. What's the current mindset of the band, considering everything's been on pause? I don't, I mean, it's not, nothing's been canceled. Things just been like postponed. So uh, it's it's not too bad. I mean, it's since music. I mean, it's nothing hap- happens in the entire industry, so it feels pretty great with uh, with a little break. You know, I've been working with this band and things every day for fifteen years. You know, and <laughs> yeah, getting more and more hectic for every year. So it feels pretty great to just have a little break from it. You know, yeah, uh, decompress a little bit. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, just get some distance to what we're doing and to what we've been doing, you know. And you guys had a really cool way of interacting with fans during the quarantine. So you offered up a couple of challenges, right? You offered up an art challenge where fans could submit their design and ultimately have it appear on a shirt. You also created a remix challenge of your hit song From Beyond where you isolated the tracks and released them individually so fans can remix the songs and you encourage them to get as creative as they wanted. Yeah. How did it all come to fruition? How, uh, this is just yeah, yeah. actually both ideas is something that we've been we've been thinking about for a very long time. I think like we have a great fan base with a lot of great people, with a lot of like friends included, and and everything who who, all, who like comes with ideas and to integrate the fans in like the bands more in the band more is something that we've been thinking about for a very long time, and I, I and a thing like this could uh, could be like an example of how to do that. So uh, just doing this and taking taking the opportunity while everybody's at home was something that, you know, fell into place somehow. And the winner of that, um, the remix challenge, it was so much fun. So they did like an eight bit remix version and um, it sounded like something that could be on a 1980s like Nintendo video game. Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, I thought it was, like so creatively done and that was like one of the one of the things that i valued in that challenge to to do something that was creative and just not like do a remix of the song that already exists i, th- I think it was absolutely great there was a couple who were i was like absolutely like taken of yeah so, and uh, i i would love to have given like 
more of those remixes like yeah the first place but yeah you know there can only be one first but maybe you can release them and we can hear them yeah well it's released on the internet it's on youtube oh, there you go there you go now you also re reissued your first demo um or at least you have a pre-order for it i believe um your first demo on cassette tape which is a cool gesture but you guys have a history of producing and selling like new music on cassette tapes yeah and but not, none of those things are like neither this or earlier is something that we've been really involved in that's like fans or people getting in touch with us asking to like for permission to do so and uh it's the same thing here actually it's nothing that i'm involved in i'm just like given my 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 um you know approval to to this kind of things but i think it's a great idea and you know of, of releasing the cassette tapes yeah yeah do you do you have a cassette tape collection do you listen to any cassette tapes uh do i uh not really actually i used to like when i was a kid that's how you were uh, how you were sharing music with each other i bet i have all those like tapes somewhere still but uh I, i'm not like actively listening to cassette tapes no yeah what about as far as like vinyl oh yeah a pretty decent collection yeah me too it's um it's just one of those things you can't i can't get past the the experience of vinyl having grown up on it and the the fact that it just kind of forces you to listen to the album you know when i'm in the car and everything i like to stream my music but at home you know if i have the chance for 45 minutes to sit down i, I really prefer vinyl i mean i like the ritual of listening to an album like you say that it forces you to listen to an entire album sit down and listen to it um and it's also something that reminds me about childhood of course in a, like a time where where music was like a bigger experience than it is for i guess people who listen to music today but um um i mean sound wise i don't think the vinyl sound is superior in any sort of way but i i like the ritual yeah i do yeah yeah that, that's an interesting point because i've always wondered and maybe you have some insight on the subject when bands release new music now so recordings that get transferred to vinyl yeah. It seems like everyone is is doing that. They're making vinyl pressings. Now, do they sound as good as the vinyl of the past, considering they're all recorded digitally? It's, uh, um, um, technically, you could do it. Um, there, it's not. It's not like like when you once you like when you got the audio recorded digitally. That doesn't mean that it necessarily will sound worse, like on on an analog medium such as vinyl however i think that like like uh you have to have that in mind when you're mixing and when you're mastering that you do it for a vinyl record and i think that is something that has got completely lost since 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 way back actually and i think that new, almost all new music that i hear sounds really really bad on vinyl because I think people don't know how to master and mix properly for a vinyl record. And what's so, like, yeah, well, it's not about being something being recorded digitally. It's just like a knowledge thing. People don't know how to do it. They over compress it. I mean, and uh, that's something that you should absolutely not do. You should leave it as dynamic as possible. 
and uh, it's like a, a whole bunch of things that you have to have in mind, especially like how to, how, like having everything you should have like under 300 hertz in mono, for example. And there's a mm -hmm. whole lot of different things. Yeah, it's fascinating. And I guess it's like an art form that's been lost. If you don't have any experience doing that, you're not going to know how to do it. <laughs> oh, exactly. And I now, think tell, like yeah. the entire, how, how, how music sound these days with everything like mixed, like to a hard polished surface, you know, that's nothing that's going to sound good on a, on a more dynamic like a uh, medium such as vinyl. So it's, it's an entire mix thing, you know. Now you, you were talking about your, you know, your childhood and tell me a little bit about that. So growing up in a town, like, is it uh, Avrika? Or uh, Arvika in Swedish. Uh, Arvika. No, I guess you would okay. say Arvika. In, okay. Um, I can't imagine it's a very big town, right? It's not a very big town. No, it's like 25,000 people living here. Now we're talking like early to pre-internet days. Was discovering new music a challenge in your community growing up? Uh, no, not at all. There was like uh, the scene here was actually amazing. Um, like, but but it wasn't a time where heavy metal was more commercial than it is now. I would say like right now, like metal scene is like a subculture. But in the early nineties, it was like absolutely. Like commercial, you can see heavy metal bands, rock bands all over MTV and all those kind of things. So it was like, it was very accessible actually. And, and the scene here with bands and everything were, uh, it was great. I think we had like hundreds of bands, like in the mid nineties to mid, mid two thousands, like in this small city wow. with shows, festivals, a lot of that thing. So it was like a very... It was a very good scene to grow up in, actually. Yeah, I remember in the late 90s, I was a big fan of bands like The Helicopters and Glucifer. And I always praised them because I felt like they were carrying the torch of rock and roll. They were like the last ones on the planet keeping it alive. Yeah, kind of, yeah. yeah. What were some of the early artists and albums that kind of influenced you when you were young, around that age? Uh, I, I've been through different kind of, kinds of faces, but... I mean, very, very early on, I guess it was like like 50s rock and, and like Beatles and, and Rolling Stones since I got that from my dad mostly. But very early on, I was like gravitating towards like heavier bands such as Kiss and Metallica and, and, and those kind of bands. Yeah. Like yeah. A progression through the sounds of metal. Yeah. yeah. And your brother Jonas, so he's living in the States then, right? So he's the drummer. He's younger than you, correct? Your younger brother? Yeah, yeah. So were your parents really supportive um, growing up in your household like, as you guys wanted to pursue a career in music? Oh, yeah, extremely, extremely. However, we, we both had like, like we, our parents made sure that we had like, like a safe plan B also to, to, uh, to have like to be able to make a living aside of the music also, yeah. Sure, what was your plan B? Uh, I studied engineering. Oh, nice. Yeah. What kind of engineering? Uh, I, I, I got towards like audio engineering and that's kind of what I do on the, like, on the side now. On the side, okay, great, uh, yeah. I know you do um, a lot of the production work for your, for your band too. Yeah, all, yeah, 
among other things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Have you worked with any other um, major band that we might know of? I don't know what you know of. Not not like any huge bands. Uh, what have I done? But a lot of bands, like from from the like thrash and death metal and heavy metal band, like from 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 the underground, I've been doing a lot. Um, what could that be? Um, a, a lot of like smaller bands, I guess. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And then, what was your first instrument that you learned to play? Because you're obviously pretty skilled at the guitar, but I I know you've played other instruments too. Um, like the first instrument that I played was probably the accordion. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I took lessons for a couple of years. I started there, but I, uh, very quickly found like the guitar more attractive. So you yeah. took lessons for a couple of years. Did you take lessons, um, in the other instruments too, like in guitar or were you self-taught? Guitar. I've been taking lessons. Yeah. For, um, I, I don't know, majority of my childhood at least. Okay. And yeah. so somewhere somewhere around 2004-ish, and let me know if I have this correct mm. or wrong, um, you, you had the idea to create a band, and you had this vision of sort of rebuilding and growing upon the iconic and classic new wave of British heavy metal movement. So yeah. um, you, know, you, you hinted at the, at the scene in the 90s, but what was the scene like in early to mid-2000s in Sweden? Oh, early to mid, oh, it, it was a lot of extreme metal for sure. Um, like prior to Enforcer, I, I've, I've been in various thrash, death, black metal bands and stuff like that. And that was kind of, that was kind of the, what, what the music climate was within like my circles. Um, but like more commercially, there was like, it's like at that time it was like, the rock music that was on TV was like chugga chugga music, like uh, <laughs> metal core. And, and even like, even like bands who claim that there were thrash metal, for example, you could hear a clear influence from, from metal core and stuff like that. And that was just something that I like despised so hard. And even, yeah, even heavy metal bands sounded like had that, like, sound to them back then and i wanted to do something that felt like real and that was the idea but you couldn't find anyone at the time right who shared your vision for that band yeah, well, so you we were like a lot of people around me in my in, in the scene you know at that time who who encouraged me to do this but it was like not really meant to be a band at all like that in the very beginning, you know? Yeah. And you ultimately ended up writing and recording a bunch of songs by yourself and you yeah. posted them online. Yeah. And then did you start, so you start getting requests to play shows and you didn't have a band? Yeah. Yeah. Kind of instantly, you know, it took yeah. off so fast in the beginning and like I, I uploaded it on some, some MySpace and some other like streaming services from that time. And uh, it got quite viral quite fast on MySpace, at least. And, uh, and um, yeah, so eventually I started to get uh, offers to release the songs like, like on, on a label, uh, like offers to play shows in Germany and in Sweden and all over. And I had like not like, I had not foreseen that. So like... Long story short, I asked like 
my brother and, and another friend of mine to uh, to make a live version of the band. And so we did. And that's kind of when we, like the band was formed as a band, you know, and not only just a project. It's amazing. And then how quickly after the band formed, did you guys really start developing these songs and create a buzz locally? It was never like a local bust since it was, since everything happened on the internet, it was like global bust, like instantly. And that's, you know, that, that was like the thing with it. It was a lot of people all over the world who, who, who got into this very quickly. You know, that was like before YouTube, Facebook, Instagram and everything, but shit got viral on MySpace, you know? Yeah. Uh, and people uh, were craving metal. Yeah. So we, we didn't really have a strong following or anything anywhere. We had like a, global following and then in 2008 you guys independently released your first album into the night yeah which not really independently it was like a small label from the u.s who put that out okay yeah it's a it's a fun album um it's got like one speed right it's like fast (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah what what do you what do you remember what do you remember about making that album most oh yeah what do i remember i like the songs came together pretty quickly actually it was like you know i i wanted i i know i knew exactly what it was what, what i wanted it to sound like and you know so it's just like all my ideas were just like coming <laughs> songs um and uh we recorded it like we, we had our own studio already then. So that was like not really a problem. We just recorded them we, the way we always done things, you know? Yeah. So you have the studio. It's close to home basically. Yeah. Yeah. Which makes life easier. Yeah. And then you followed that up with Diamonds on Earache Records. Yeah. Another fun album. And you can hear the, you know, the progression and the development of the band. Uh, through the production and the song structure in this album. Yeah, I think the biggest difference is that on the second album, there's like, uh, there's not only me writing music and lyrics, but there's actually, uh, everybody participated in the songwriting process for that record. And I think that's what makes it sound the way you're saying. Yeah, a little bit bit more dynamic. More dynamic, yeah. More influences, not only like one or two influences like we had on the first album. I think like on the first album, we, I really bad wanted to be like a new wave of British heavy metal bands. And to me, I love the songs, but they're more like it. At that time, we were more like a tribute to, to that scene than we were like ourselves. Sure. Yeah. Any, any babies on this album that you favor playing live? Oh, I, 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 since it's like the first real album that I put out, I have a very strong relationship to all the, the songs, like from the first album. Um, and I really like them all, but uh, the song that we tend to stick with is uh, Scream of the Savage. Yeah. Uh, not necessarily my favorite, but I was like, I think that was the one that stuck with the fans mostly. But I'm not sure that like the majority of, of the people who go out to see us play live these days, like recognize those songs. So since like playing live, I think it's like a, it's like, um, it has to be like, um, you know, you do something together with the audience and, and you got to let the energy flow between you and the audience. And if 
the audience don't really recognize the songs, then it's like not as fun to play. Sure. So, yeah. I could, I would love to play some more of those all old songs for sure live, but um, yeah. Yeah, I think in Chicago, you guys closed out your set with um, Midnight Vice off the second album, but... Uh, yeah, we actually used to do that, yeah. yeah. I mean, now, in 2019. Yeah, last year, yep. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then Death by Fire in 2013. Now, this was the first Nuclear Blast release. Yeah. What made you guys sign with them? They were bigger. <laughs> um and but but we've been we've been talking to them or i've been talking to them ever since like the first album so i had that in mind all the time and they were really like they were really kissing our asses if you say so in in the during during that like time period and i developed a very good relationship with them even though we were like on on a different label at that time so i always had that in the back of my my head that i wanted to to go with them or, and give it a try yeah yeah that was perfect progression of the band too it's the right time to get on a label like that yeah i think so like looking back on it i think that it could have been even better if we didn't wait so long time to release that album but well it is what it is now that album was it recorded after you signed with them no uh it was like when we recorded it we um we knew that we were going to sign with them but that like the the deal wasn't inked yet was this then your first fully recorded and self-produced album then including the mix yeah including the, the mix obviously self-produced but we hired a friend of mine to mix the album second one my the same friend made uh the production and the mix and this time we wanted to take it closer to the band yeah and um and like produce it and mix it ourselves yeah do you really enjoy your time in the studio like tracking and no and the creative process no (laughs) (laughs) if you had to pick one then you'd you'd pick touring and playing live i think so yeah but it's also i mean that it's it's really fun to be in the studio when when things like when, when when you hear the result of something that you've been doing, but like with all like the production details and what you have to go through, it goes it goes so slow. So you kind of slowly build something. So like like the satisfaction is more when you hear the final mix. And sometimes yeah. that could be like a year after you start to record. Um, so up until that point is like pressure and like self-doubt and like is this good enough and and stuff like that so um yeah yeah you want that instant gratification too you know it helps yeah which takes us to playing live in athens greece i love that live by fire is in greece by the way because my my family's from greece oh amazing yeah Yeah, i was i was in athens last summer we have had a very strong connection to Greece. Like the fans there picked us up very, very early, and we've been having so. So we we wanted to do that with that audience, and that was like the idea. The live album came first, and then you guys basically the same year released From Beyond. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yes, uh, we intended to to release that album between Death by Fire and From Beyond, but like circumstances 
you know, they, they, it wasn't possible. So it unfortunately had, it had to come after From Beyond. Yeah. So there's no From Beyond songs on that live like thing. No. Right. Yeah. That, that's correct. Yeah. And then you guys just like toured relentlessly. I think the number was like 250 shows in yeah. just about two years. Yeah. The, the, the From Beyond tour was absolutely crazy. Um, I was just like, cause I told you earlier, I was, I'm preparing something of like a, like a photo book or like a tour program from, from these between 2015 and 2020. So I've been spending a couple of weeks like digging down and, and finding live pictures and private pictures from this time. And it's just like, dude, that's <laughs> so fucking much, so much experience we've been going through with that thing. Yeah. That, that's awesome. I, so now do you guys have a name for that live book? I think we're going to call it live by fire too. But uh, at least that's like the working title we have right now. So what else is going to be included? So you're going to have some B-side. I know you guys had a couple of cover songs that were on the yeah. Japanese release of From Beyond. Um, you guys did Motorhead and The Misfits. Any chance of those getting released? Yeah, yeah, that's that's a that's a plan actually, and and to do that. But I I haven't to be honest with you. Uh, this is just our ideas. So I haven't secured this with a record label or anything yet. So I sure. I don't know how much I can talk about it. But what we've prepared is like forty four minutes of B sides, covers like covers we recorded, some songs that we've been cutting out from albums, um, some demos. And uh, like eventually it turned out to be like 44 minutes of music that we have never released before. Um, That was one thing. The second thing is that we've been like, fuck, I've been working like every day for two or three months to make like a, to, to make another, to make another live video. We recorded everything in Mexico city last year. Yeah. Um, And it's, it turned out to be like something like 85 minutes like live show um pro shot pro mixed it sounds it sounds and it looks absolutely incredible it's like wow. one of like the the things that i'm most proud of in my entire life mostly focused on from beyond songs and zenith songs wow also some old old songs for sure nice and does that have a, a scheduled release it's not scheduled yet, but not either. yeah. So like I said before, this is nothing that I've been securing with the label, but in, in sure. one way or another, we're going to get this out, you know? Yeah, you have to, that's going to be great. Cause I can imagine that crowd in Mexico city was, was crazy. Yeah, it was, uh, it was good help. It, yeah. it always helps when, when people are like singing along and raising their hands and stuff like that. You know? Yeah. And yeah. by the way, I love your version of mean machine. Um, by Motorhead. Oh, thank and, you. And, and the Misfits. You're welcome. Any other covers on there that I don't know about? Uh, I can see if I have the track list here. Uh, but there's there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff. Um, there's some, because the thing is that we've been like, we've been through our entire career we've been wanting to we've been picking up like a a more unknown songs and and trying and so we can like make our own interpretations of the songs so there's a lot of like unknown bands that a lot like most people never heard about that we cover on this like stuff that were only like 
rehearsals from a band that never released a full length album and stuff like that back in the 80s. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, so there's like, uh, yeah. But more well-known band, there's like, there's, but we, I think this, this, some of them have been released on B-side. So like Venom cover, Misfits cover, Motorhead, Frigid Bitch, um, uh, Divli Yagoda, and then there's some other like less known bands such as John Aquis, Nagasaki, uh, what's this band? Um, Zone Zero, and some other things. Savage, that was like the first song we were, like cover we or I recorded back in 2005. Wow, that's quite a list. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff in there. We wanted to record like a bunch of new covers also for this version, but like since things are like they are, we yeah. not finish that now. Now, in between the touring and the recording for Zenith, yeah, um, maybe you can fill me in here because uh, I know your guitar player um, Joseph left the band. Uh, was this expected? What was what was that process like in, in oh, finding his replacement? He, he he quit already back in 2015 so okay. yeah so we we did majority of of the from beyond touring without him but since jonathan had been having a little bit troubles with the law he can't really get uh, get visas like to the united states and stuff so uh, yeah uh, but joseph was cool to to still do the 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 american legs of the tour even though he like even though he had quit the band. Uh, so, uh, yeah. No, we definitely had it coming, for sure. But that was like so, way, way back, you know. Way back. So he just participated as like um, you know, a hired a hired gun. Yeah, yeah, he still does. Yeah, he's, he was in the band for, for, the, uh, for, for the most recent tour, actually. And he was going to do the May tour also. That got postponed now. And then Jonathan, he didn't partake in then too much of the writing process for Zenith. No, um, because he wasn't technically in the band. In the band, time. right. He was more a session live player at that time. But he, yeah, we, we took him in like in the, when, when we were about to finish up the recordings. So personally, I feel like From Beyond perfected the progression of your sound from your first three albums. Yeah, maybe. And, you know, and I feel like Zenith is a giant leap ahead. You guys really show your growth on this album. Yeah, both yes and no. I say it was like a very ambitious project, to be honest. I, you know, um, but is it a leap? I, I still, I still feel that it's like us and what we've always been standing for um, in a lot of ways. Yeah, and it could have been easy to make like a From Beyond 2.0, but you did, you know, approach it differently. Um, the instrumentation is differently. The songs and their tempos um, are different. And I feel like, I don't know, I feel like this, in, in general, you, you now have, if you're doing a live set, I feel like you now have more diversity within your music where you can play a song like Regrets, which I can picture a sea of lighters and cell phones <laughs> in the air. And then yeah. you can rip our faces off in the next song with Live for the Night. And it's going to sound that much more you know, intense. I mean, that's what all our influences 
like been doing since their first albums almost you know iron maiden judas priest then lizzie scorpions metallica all these bands have like way different sounding songs you know yeah and i love that about it yeah but i think that a lot of new bands are very afraid of doing something that's out of the box and i don't want to be that band who who, who are like just basically you know because because to me when you don't dare to think take things out of the box you become more of almost like a parody or or like a of what you're trying to do you know or or to say it's more becomes more like a, of a tribute to what you want to do rather than that you become something unique yourself you know yeah well, from relentless touring to taking on the recording process and songwriting and redeveloping your, your style and your sound with every album, then you have um, an amazing work ethic. Where did that come from? Who helped instill and engrave that in you and your level of de dedication? Hard to say, but I guess it's something that I'm grown up with, you know, to work hard for what you want to achieve. And, uh, but for me, there's nothing else, you know, this, this project that I've been I've been investing more than half of my life in this band prod like project. And for me, there's nothing else, you know, there's no turning back. I can't leave it, you know? Sure. And when I do something, I have to do it like, you know, the best I possibly can. Otherwise it feels useless. Well, as a band, you now have the catalog of songs to carry more. Um, well, I should say you have the catalog of songs to more than carry like a headlining tour. You yeah. have the fans and support worldwide to also yeah. carry a headlining tour. I believe you guys played for 40,000 people in Japan. You sold out the Whiskey A Go-Go on Sunset Strip. What goals have you set forth in the near future? I don't know. I think like just continue. It's like the goal. Just continue the way we do. Just keep creating. Yeah. Play bigger shows make new fans, make more fans, um, make better music, you know, make cooler videos. You know, there's a lot of things to do, actually. You guys have some really cool videos. I love them. They're so entertaining. And your artwork in general on all the albums. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're not a band who just, like, write music and then let, leave the rest to, uh, to, uh, to, like, other people or... I think for, for me, it's very important to have like a thought through strategy when it comes to not only music, but to all the, the like aesthetical sides of, of a band, like artwork, videos, band pictures, you know, the way you, you dress, the way you, like your attitude, pretty much everything, you know, it's like, a, you know, it's thought through for sure. And it's been since day one. Yeah, it's all part of the package. You guys had the look from day one. Yeah, no, not really. We developed it. I mean, we can't say that we looked great like on day one, but it was something at least. <laughs> well, I didn't say you look great now. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just kidding. It's better. It's... We're getting old though, but we're getting more comfortable and more, more, more secure in ourselves, I guess. Yeah. Listen, when you, if you guys walk into a room, people know that you're a musician. You have that look. You have that style. I guess so, yeah, yeah. Because everybody else my age looked like... 
that looked more normal, I guess. Yeah, you couldn't separate that. How was that, taking your look on the road early on, especially when you were opening up for some more established bands? Were you guys given a hard time at all? Uh, people were, people always been looking weird, like especially older bands have been looking weird at us, like from day one, for being so extravagant when it comes to style. But uh, I guess that's the part to why people also like us, so it's a part of our success also, so... But uh, I don't know, like older people grown up in, in like the 80s, they still, I think they still look at bands with style and they think about, they, they associate that to something bad, you know, because, and through yeah. the 90s and everything, there was like a completely different mentality. Um, so seeing this comeback might necessarily not be a good thing for them, but well. What do I care? Exactly. About Stay true to yourself. I love it. Yeah, dude, it's like taking things all the way. That's been my my thing since since forever. And that's and that's um that's rock and roll, right? That's metal. Just be yourself and push the envelope. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and you know, that's why heavy metal was best in the seventies and eighties, and then you know, then it got lost. There was like one thing because people started to dress like fucking rappers in the nineties. <laughs> yeah, not kidding. Awesome. You know, well, I like I like to wrap up my show by making yeah. a, a playlist with my guests. Yeah. And I thought maybe with you it'd be fun if we did kind of an essential metal playlist. Yeah. Um, you know, no era in particular, whatever you, f you feel is a good metal song. We'll do like six songs each and yeah. we'll open it up to the audience and we'll, I'll post it on social media. You do the same and people can add comments and we'll add their song to it. Yeah. I had more than six songs, but I was like, uh, whatever. Good yeah. Song. Let's, let's burn through as many as we can. How about that? Yeah. You know, what's cool about this, this list. So it, I, I'm kicking myself Olaf because I had known about you guys, but I didn't start diving into your music like hardcore until about three weeks ago oh wow and i'll tell you why um so actually i'm really good friends with one of the bass players in the band aftermath and they opened up for you guys in september and i was supposed to see you i was supposed to be at that show in yeah. chicago and it was on the other side of town i worked late i had to get up in the morning early and last minute i'm like you know i'm not going and i regretted not going because i really wanted to see you in warbringer and it was, I had this band from New York on about three weeks ago, and they're just very, they're young starting up rock band. Uh, they're great. And we did a playlist of some of our favorite, you know, current songs. And the bass player from that band picked Destruction by you guys. And I was like, oh man, I'm like, yeah, I really need to dive into their catalog of music. Yeah. And I did. And I'm blown away. And it's, I'm telling you, it's some of my favorite music I've heard in years. That's amazing. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm always happy when we, when, uh, when when um, when we're making like new maybe not fans but when 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 people discover us it's very important yeah, yeah. it it is and i really pride myself on finding and uncovering really cool new metal and rock yeah. well, I've, I've known of you guys to the point but you know there's been such an explosion of american thrash and, and new bands you know stuff yeah. like you know, municipal waste and havoc and warbringer i've been listening to that and you know it was. It's been a. It's been the highlight of my quarantine was discovering your catalog of music. Oh wow! Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Thank you. All right. So let's start off. I'm going to start off with song number one, and it's going to be yeah. 
uh, uh, it's going to be um, Die for the Devil. So number one, first song off Zenith. And yeah. I think it's such a great opening song. Thank you. Well, can you tell me about that, the creation of that song? Oh, I don't know. We, I, I thought like the idea of having a song like that was that like so many people and fans like liked, liked, we, we've been having like one or two songs from, from our second albums, like with that style, especially one called like Running in Menace from, from 2010. And a lot of people have been like, like nagging me about that song. I think yeah. it's great, but it's not like, it's not, it's not like worked through enough. So the idea comes from there and do something like that, you know, and, but just like, do it better, more professionally, more like more all the way. So th th that was kind of the idea and to have something that, that is like where like early Europe means meets like, like early eighties scorpions or something. Um, yeah. Something like a, like a metal anthem. You know? Yeah. That's great. You accomplished it. Yeah. Cool. You're up for uh, your first pick. Uh, okay, then then I, I, I uh, then my first pick here from the essential heavy metal playlist that I created was "Dazed and Confused" by Led Zeppelin. Um, and why did I pick that? I don't know. Uh, that first album by Led Zeppelin, perhaps like the first full-blown heavy metal album, and you can hear, like especially this song, you can hear through the entire seventies how bands like Scorpions, Judas Priest made like almost versions of this song, but this is like the blueprint, I think, for, for a more, um, for a more um, like uh, epic side of heavy metal. Yeah, one of my favorite Led Zeppelin songs. Yeah, no, definitely. Great. All right, it's nice to have Zeppelin on the list. Yeah. I, I'm going to go, um, speaking of Scorpions, I'm going to go Scorpions. And this is off the Taken by Force album, The yeah. Sales of Sharon. Yeah. Great song. I also have one on, from the same album on my playlist. Oh, nice. I saw them a couple years ago. They played, I, I had seen them before, but um, they played two or three songs off that album. And it was, I was blown away. They did Steam Rock Fever, He's a Woman, She's a Machine. It was great. Yeah, they they uh, I've been seeing that they've been doing some somewhat of a of a medley of those songs live lately. Yeah. All right, you're up. Uh yeah, oh, I have so many songs. I I'm I'm <laughs> like that, uh, that's the thing. It's like it's hard because there's so many and you're going to leave some off the list, but yeah. it, it does make it fun to like just focus on six songs and again, that that can change in an hour, right? You'd probably pick six yeah. different songs in an hour from now. Okay. Oh uh, well, so then I then my next song is Pictures of Home by The Purple. And uh, it's like one of the songs that I, one of the first songs that I learned on guitar. I think it's a nice. great, like, like a few years later and it is like way heavier and, you know, it's just sets the bar of what heavy metal should sound like. Yeah. What, what, which album is that on? Uh, Machine Head. Machine Head, right. Okay. Yeah. yeah I, um, I fell into a deep purple wormhole after um, Neil Peart passed away. Yeah. I just started diving into some of these seventies albums, which I was pretty familiar with a lot of the seventies stuff on the surface and, and yeah. some of deep purple, but 
you know, albums like Burn and Machine Head. And, you know, I hadn't really listened to those from front to back and I started doing so. And I mean, it, I was blown away. They were such a great band. Yeah, great for sure. All right, cool. I'm going to go with um, Iron Maiden. Yeah. And this song in particular, because it's, it's really the song that I just kept listening to when I was like seven or eight years old. It was the first track on side two of my cassette tape, <laughs> um, Number of the Beast. Yeah. And the album, it, you know, the, the song would, especially the intro, it would, it would freak me out and it would excite me all at the same time. I loved it. it captured every emotion. Oh, sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have so much memories to that song also, obviously. So, so my next one here then. And here's a double. Um, the double song is Dreamer, Deceiver, and then Deceiver by Judas Priest from Sad Wings of Destiny. Ooh, uh, nice. One of the most epic metal songs, like Dreamer, Deceiver, that just resolves in Deceiver is one of the most beautiful parts of heavy metal history. It got exactly everything that you know you you like with heavy metal. Like like we talked about before, you can hear the Zeppelin influence in this song like very strongly, and then yeah, but but it's just like even more all the way, so to speak. Yeah, but yeah, more. that's awesome. That, yeah. That's that's a lot before your time too. How old were you when you started really getting into Judas Priest? Quite late, actually. I was like, I knew about that there was a band called Judas Priest for my entire childhood. You know, been seeing, been seeing them in in heavy metal context. But when I really, really started to like get into their discography, was like I think that was like as late as like two thousand, two thousand or something. I don't know. And then I saw, and then I then I saw like the the um, the comeback show with uh, Halford with Priest back in I think that was two thousand four, yeah, and they made like two and a half hours of of like Priest classics. That was like pretty still one of the greatest shows I've ever seen in my life. Wow, that was the cool thing of the early two thousands. It was a comeback for a lot of these bands like yeah. Judas Priest and Maiden, yeah. who reunited. Even Motley Crue reunited, and it was cool because yeah. you know you thought you weren't going to see them again. Yeah. For sure. What's next on yours? I'm going to do Motorhead, Overkill. Yeah, great choice. I was yeah. thinking about having something on that on my list too, but I eventually skipped it, yeah. And what's... Oh, I'm going to go ahead a little bit, and I'm going to... I had a Scorpion song, I had an Iron Maiden song, but we're already talked about them. So I'm gonna, I, my next song is Mirror Mirror with Def Leppard from High and Dry. Ooh, nice. Yeah, extremely underrated band by, in, in like, in metal circles, I would say, like early Leopard. It's like just as heavy as Iron Maiden, but with the touch of, of like hit song, you know. Yeah. I guess already then it's extremely catchy things and, one thing that I also need to say about the High and Dry album is that it's probably my fa one of my favorite productions ever. It sounds so incredibly open, clean, nice. It has yeah. it sounds so fucking great. 
they've always had really good production. Um, I have that album on vinyl, and it sounds yeah. it sounds amazing. Yeah, not the first album, and I don't really like the sound on Pyromania either, but definitely on High and Dry. And Hysteria is also like extremely well balanced, obviously. So yeah, I like Hysteria. Um, all right, nice and great guitar work on High and Dry yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, I, like I am going to go um, with Metallica. And I'm going to go hit the lights. First song, yeah. I think it sets the tone for their career. It's raw, it's powerful, yet it's bouncy. Yeah. Great. I had that on my list too. That's... Uh, oh, you did? Yeah. Nice. That's like been... I have so much childhood memories to that album and to, to early Metallica. That's something that I've been growing up with like since I was like four or five years old. Wow. So, How did yeah. you get into them so early? I had older cousins who who like showed me that kind of things, but also like in in 1990, 1991, you know, Metallica was everywhere. You know, they were making it huge with the Black Album, and already yeah. with, with uh, and Justice for All. So it was like it was like commercial music. Every fucking kid in in school was into Metallica back then. You know, yeah. So it wasn't like it wasn't hard to get into Metallica back then. No, yeah, it was. They were the biggest band in the world. They have been for you know the yeah. greater part of three decades. Yeah. Um, let, what am I going to take something more, more interesting here? I another here is um, after that, I have uh, I'm going to talk about War with Bathory. Ooh, nice. Um, first Bathory. Um, it's like. Uh, extremely great album it's like a heavy metal album more or less with extreme lyrics um intense extreme and swedish and swedish there you go you gotta represent the swedes yeah <laughs> i mean you guys have had such great music to come out of there and some of yeah. it doesn't get the attention it deserves i was actually thinking that we should have done um our favorite swedish playlist but maybe we'll save that for the second show <laughs> So much to say, yeah. Yeah, so much. Okay, um, I am going to go with, I have to do a little Ozzy, so I'm going to go from the Sabbath years. Yeah. And yeah, I love this song, Super Not. Just great riffs, great vocals. Yeah, I mean, not, not much to say about Black Sabbath either. They're like one of the creators of the entire genre, so. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I have some, uh, I have more songs. Um, Throw a couple at me. I, I'm just going to, I'm just going to mention the rest of the songs. Then, then yeah. I have, have yeah, the Fire with Exciter. And then I have Metal Thrashing Mad with Anthrax. Nice. Love it. Yeah. Scream of Anger with Europe. Hellion with Wasp. Majesty with Sortilage. Council for the Cauldron with Lizzie Borden. Agel with Pokolgep. And then, as a closing track, I put Undying Evil with Enforcer. Nice. It felt good to be in that, you know, to, to be in that bunch of bands. You know? Yeah, I was going to throw another Enforcer, I mean, another, um, yeah. yeah, another Enforcer one. I was going to do Live for the Night, so I'll add that to it. Yeah. All right, cool. Hey, Great. well, thank you so much for taking the time and coming on the Burn Music Show with me. Um, where can people you know, stay, in, stay updated on what you're doing? Where, uh, how can they follow you? Uh, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, I live in 
Arvika. You can come visit if you want to. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and next time you come to Chicago, we'll have to do this in person. For sure. For sure. Well, you, tr you truly are a pioneer when it comes to this new wave of heavy metal that we're all experiencing and benefiting from right now. Yeah. You've added it, you've added to it, Olaf, but you've made it fresh and you've helped really carry on with a new tradition. Thank you for keeping the music that I love alive. Thanks, thanks for supporting it. Without people supporting it, there would be nothing. You're welcome. And uh, best of luck. Stay healthy, stay safe. And I look forward to um, Live by Fire 2. All right, cool. Nice talking awesome. to you. Nice talking to you too. Take care. You too. Bye. Okay, bye. And that's a wrap on episode nine of the Burn Music Show. What a great guest and playlist. Um, thank you so much to Olaf Wikstrand and his band Enforcer. I will be adding some more of their music to that set, to that playlist as well, including one of my favorites, Destroyer, which I don't know, I kept calling Destruction, but I'll be adding Destroyer and some other tracks. And you guys can do the same. Do us a favor. Follow Burn Music Show on social media feeds like Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Comment. Uh, let us know your suggestions, and we'll add your songs to that as well so you can share it. And I thank you so much for tuning in. If you don't subscribe to us, please do. Burn music show everywhere podcasts are played i thank you so much for listening and we'll talk soon keep on rocking